The Pro Wrestling Vault. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Barrett Brown, Ricky Morton, Wardell Walker, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 400 photos from the independent scene. Get your book today by going to Russellville.com. Russellville. It's, it's where wrestling lives. Ring the bell radio. Listen to JD, Barris, and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear and you will to ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring. Hey, what's up? It's Jesse the ODB, and you're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. Bam! You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode is Jesse ODB, professional wrestler of 20 years, over two decades now, right? Hell yeah, what's going on? <laughs> if you would, please give me a, a brief description of your career. Well, yeah, I started out in 2000 and uh, wrestled for, I've been in the business for 22 years, so I was in a good era, paid my dues, and just kind of, I mean, you got to read my stories. I'm not going to give you too much of my uh, start of my career, but wrestled as ODB, one dirty bitch. Um, and I was a very unique wrestler, very different from the other chicks. That's why it, it took me a little longer to finally, you know, make it in the business. But it ended up working out great. Now I got a great life after wrestling, which a lot of people don't get. And yeah, so now my uh, my life is... uh great because of wrestling and after wrestling it's been amazing what was it so much about the sport of professional wrestling because i always like to ask women that because yeah. to me it's i mean it is it's a tough sport for anybody right mm -hmm. it's a man sport i mean but you know sex does sell but then they did have the ladies be more sexier you know in some eras but Yes, you got to have that sexiness, but then you just got to have women that can kick some ass and still look sexy. So. <laughs> when you look over women's wrestling, different from the days of the 60s and the 70s, you know, where you had Ann Casey and uh, Lilani Kai yep. and Judy Martin and, and <laughs> those women, right? And yeah. Then you, I mean, it's just evolved. What what was it like when, when you got involved as a woman, what was it like for you? I was actually in a good area. You know, I started training in 2000. Um, I trained with a lot of guys because there was no women in my class. So I actually wrestled with a lot of the guys. And I think that was great because I learned so much. I learned how to be a true worker, uh, get in the ring, listen, you know, like old school. Like, you know, you just go in and have a wrestling match and you don't plan out all this craziness that they're doing now. And so I, I was trained very good, very um, old schoolish, and you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota by Eddie Sharkey and who trained the Road Warriors, Mr. Perfect, Medusa. So he trained a lot of the legends and I just got trained good. Like it was, but the one thing I learned more was on the road and being a woman, you know, I learned to keep my mouth shut, ears open. Uh, a lot of wrestlers don't do that nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and I got to wrestle like Luna, you know, Scary Sherry, Sensational Sherry, 
was awesome to work with. And I was very intimidated when I met him, but then there were sweet ladies and it's uh, very cool to be able to work with those ladies because they've been through a lot too. And they put the women on the map. And then I was able to do that with, you know, the TNA knockouts. They let us do our thing. And uh, we were a big part of the show. You know, you talk about, um, you know, calling it in the ring and, and mm -hmm. not planning it. And if you talk to anybody, you know, a lot of wrestlers from your era and prior to, right. I I've been talking to uh black Bart in the grappler here yeah. recently. <laughs> and man, those guys, you know, Hey, that's your guy. <laughs> that's who you're wrestling. This is the finish right. Do your thing. Right. All right. Well, the thing, I mean, even I remember wrestling, God, I was wrestling in Memphis, you know, the heels had one locker room, baby faces as the one, and you didn't, you didn't talk. You just met in the ring. <laughs> and we did that too. Al Snow actually did that a lot with us at uh, OVW. He's like, all right, you guys over here, you guys over here. And he didn't even tell us who we were wrestling legit until we got to the show. Do you think that, you know, the, the changes that have taken place, those kind of changes of, you know, maybe, you know, good, you know, the heels hanging out with the baby face or, or all this, you know, Hey, what do you, I want to do this and here's my spot and we're going to do this. And I'm going to, because I go to matches to sell my books and I'm setting up my table and I'm seeing, uh, you know, <laughs> the good guy out there with his opposition uh, practicing these kicks and these little little uh, stunts through the ropes and stuff. Do you, do you think that kind of practice and and other things? I'm sure has just kind of changed the sport. What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you got the high flyers. You got you got so many different types of entertainment and wrestlers, and you need different. You know, my thing when I loved watching wrestling, like when you watch like i went to live shows you know like the burn Ganya days awa in minnesota and you watch these guys and they didn't even touch each other for like 10 minutes <laughs> it was just like like macho man he would get in the ring then jump out and then go to the crowd like obviously you can't do that on tv because you have times to stick to you but when you go to house shows you can i think the house shows are the places where you kind of learn how to do that and have fun with it and just go out there and wing it and like listen to the crowd and things happen, you know, people get hurt in the ring. So you gotta, you know, think on your feet and what, how you can do to, you know, protect that wrestler, protect yourself and things go wrong. And then, but it's, you know, it's, I like it when, cause you can just think, I can't remember shit. So if you're going to be in a match with me and you're going to be like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, cool. See you out there. <laughs> and then we'll like, they say, Oh, I'm going to do this. Jump off the top level. I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a lot of beauty and magic i'm sure in in the spontaneity you know in the ad living and the oh, you we, know the... i remember me and uh tara lisa marie we were live it was like the monday night wars wwe and tna did one night and we still had like they gave us an extra four minutes extra four minutes are huge in a wrestling match and because they were waiting for someone i think rick flair was arriving and we had no idea Rick was coming on. Like, they didn't tell any of us. And they're like, you guys got to go four more minutes. And we're like, we weren't, we didn't even hesitate. We're like, we got it. Cool. Grab a hold. 
and we like we gave we added four more minutes to our match which is that's a lot that's a lot to add but we did it because we both were professionals and we knew how to like we just we knew how to do it so and and you knew how to do it you knew how to tell a story right mm. that's what it boils down to yes you know how to tell a story you know how to get the crowd you know how to yeah because every time i was in that ring i wanted to make sure everyone was leaving talking about me after my match so like i always wanted to be the good entertainer the you know i didn't have no fancy moves, no fancy outfits. I just went out there and had fun. <laughs> right, right. And you know what? I think uh, the fans are anticipating some kind of interaction with the wrestler. I mean, they're just dying oh, so, yeah. for you to look at yeah. them, smile at them, blow them a kiss yeah. or whatever, right? <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about your book that that's coming out uh how did that all come about and uh you know just talk about the the process well i wanted to write a book for a, a long time now everyone you know kind of want to put their story out there but you really just got to do it because everyone talks about shit but no one you know a lot of people just don't do it and then you don't want to be like oh what if what if but i reached out to my good friend mick foley who's obviously a number one seller on many books and I invited him. I was in Florida at the time with my food truck and I invited him over. I was in St. Augustine and he hopped on my truck and and I just said, Mick, I want to write a book and I will love your advice, help, possibly just a way to start it. I don't even know where to go to write a book. He's like, yeah, he's like, I got a couple of people I could, you know, I'll talk to them first and see if they would be interested in helping you. And he reached out to Kenny Casanova and he didn't hesitate. He's like, yes, I would love to write her story. So then me and Kenny hooked up and we took us um, from actually starting and to actually getting the book in my hand took about a year and a half. So we, we did write it pretty quick. Um, we basically, it was during the whole shit show COVID, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, we had time to do it and just being interviewed every week and He's really like, I was nervous at first. I didn't know like, oh, what should I talk about? Or is my story going to be interesting to people? Or, you know, what should I, what kind of wrestling stories can I talk about? And I didn't bury anyone. It's a fun read. I told one person to go F themselves. I'll never work with that person again. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> but, you, you, you told one person to F themselves that you wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I mean, I've had great reviews. It's been out now for um, the month of October. We put it out there for pre-sales and then you can buy it on my website and my food truck. And I get a lot of people that aren't even wrestling fans that read it in a, one night. They read the whole book. It's an easy read. Um, it basically starts from since I was very little. I don't have a sad story like I was actually born in a very loving home parents are still together till this day and we just it good i mean it has great pictures in there and then it talks about you know just from growing up and it kind of teaches you how to follow your dreams and it definitely has a takeaway in every chapter because i wanted to make sure it's a motivational book since i became more motivational kind of throughout the years and sharing my story being more vulnerable on social media and because I want my fans to know that, you know, anything's possible as long as your app works for it. Like, it's not going to 
yes, there's going to be ups and downs and more turns and twists and roadblocks, but enjoy those. Enjoy your fails. Enjoy your, you know, knockdowns, because if you're not getting knocked down, you're not getting more successful. You're not getting, I mean, when I wrote this book, I was like, oh shit. I'm like, I don't know. There was a time where I kind of wanted to stop. So I was like, I was getting frustrated. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. That sounds so cheesy what I said and blah, blah, blah. But I said, fuck it. Let's, you know, then it came out and then I was like, yeah. And yeah, it's just, I mean, you just got to put yourself out there and just, you know, and you're going to make mistakes in life. You're going to make, I just don't make, just don't make that same mistake twice. (laughs) Well, yeah. Twice, okay, right? But yeah, right. Yeah. Three times now, age. Yeah, you really got problems. You know, I've I've written I've written three books, and uh, Kenny, Kenny helped me with my my very first one. Okay, the Lance Bunner. Yep. Yeah. He he helped me with that book. You know, kind of holding my hand and kind of telling me how to do it. I had no clue. I've always wanted to do it. And uh, so Kenny and I have a rapport. We have a friendship and we, we talk from time to time. Uh, I will tell you, he does not like when you text him before 6 a.m. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> yelled at me one time. I was like, oh, well, hey, man, we're, we're in different time zones. I thought you were in yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, with different time zone. And that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, I was doing you a favor. <laughs> right, Exactly. <laughs> I waited till 5.30 my time uh, so I can relate to what you were saying oh, with the book hey yeah. you know do I I'm, I'm done every every book that I finish I'm like that's the last book and then someone's like hey I read your last book you want to help me with mine oh yeah sure you know <laughs> it, it's time consuming it's it's a lot of hard work I understand what you're saying too. It's like, man, that's dumb. Who's going to read it? Who's going to, but you know yeah. what? Successful people, you know what the secret is? What's that? You don't <laughs> give up and you just keep on going, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, not many people can say they wrote a book and you wrote what, three? You know, yes. and it's like, how many people can even write one book or even like, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I want to write a book. I'm like, then fucking do it. I mean, I had, I had about a handful of people actually reach out to me and they're non-wrestlers. They're like, oh, can you help me like write a book? I'm like, I can't really prep, but I can lead you to the people if you're really serious, you know, but again, you know, then, then they aren't serious about it, but. Right. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks, or everyone looks at the big picture, like, oh, you wrote a book. Oh, is it going to be in Barnes and Noble? It's going to be this. I'm like, no, you're going to get it from me or the website possibly walmart down down the road but you know like don't think about the money just think about you getting your book out there and just kind of you know and i mean not man i think it's pretty damn cool i i actually like look at it all the time i'm like oh shit yep i wrote a book <laughs> yeah oh i know i know i have i have two books i put them together and i think wow look what i did you know it's right. yeah and and i sell mine on my website but i sell them out of my trunk too <laughs> awesome you know. <laughs> you know so it's uh and i go to shows i go to little wrestling shows there's a uh, local promoter here in my area and she'll call me up every time she's ha- has a show and she invites me into the ring to do oh, my cool. pitch and yeah you know and you know so it, it's um 
it's neat, right? You get to, you know, as long as you're doing what you like to do, and I yeah. want to say, segue this into, you know, you you told me in the beginning of this interview that, you know, re- re- wrestling has provided a good life for you. And tell us, what, what did you do? How did you invest your money? I think, especially too, I never worked for WWE, so I didn't make millions in wrestling. You know, I was in TNA, and I, after TNA, after my last, God, my last contract was 2014 is when I left full-time. Then I traveled. I got an Airstream trailer and traveled around the country, and I developed a barbecue sauce. And I just kind of like – and I also bartended. That also helped, too. I also bartended during my whole wrestling career. So I would literally land after coming home from four or five days on the road, go to the bar in my town, and bartend. And I, I did that. And so that was obviously helped by, you know, saving money and putting money away and stuff. And then traveled the country for like, God, was it like two years, I think, promoting my sauces and like going to bike rallies like Sturgis, Daytona Bike Week. Um, I think I was at Galveston and I did um, shit. I was everywhere. I just traveled and I wasn't it was all by myself. Like I didn't have no. I mean, I look back and like I cringe at like the how I traveled, you know, for two years by myself. And but then I just, you know, and then the whole food truck came along and I just made sure I kept um, out there like I was using my name ODB, you know, even though I wasn't on the big, big stage. But you don't need to be on the big stage to really, you know, as long as you keep yourself out there and start doing more stuff and then. I had the barbecue sauce and then I started the food truck and now with the food truck now it's kind of cool because I've been doing the food truck for five years now and then we got another one coming out next year so we're the business is growing and it's just cool when I do events and then I do events it's cool because the wrestling is just a little part of it like they see the, they're like ODB and then some people are like oh shit you're that wrestler girl they're like holy crap, you're actually here on your food truck. So it's kind of cool, but now I'm a food trucker. But now, but then the wrestling adds and it just kind of builds something when it all just comes together. It's kind of weird how, you know, the my I feel like my wrestling was kind of like a start to what I'm doing now, which is kind of weird. I don't know if you kind of... Well, kind of like maybe things led you to another thing yeah. or like, yeah. Like, you know, it's called ODB's meet and greet. So my life has literally always been a meet and greet. So I kind of, you know, and it's always, I make sure it's me and my fiance that run my food truck. And we always make sure everyone has a good time when they come to the truck. It's kind of like you ever been to a Dick's Last Resort? So it's, it's kind of like that. Like, we, you know, big shows and big concerts and stuff. And when people come to our truck, you know, we take names down and, you know, I'll call someone an asshole or, a, you know, a douche if they kind of be a little because we have to handle a lot of drunks, too, that come to the truck. So but it's always a good time. We're not, you know, it's people enjoy our um, meet and greet. <laughs> I I enjoy a good barbecue sauce. How yeah. in the heck did that come about? You just what? Just trying different things. And over the years, you just, hey, this is how I like my barbecue right. sauce. I'm going to try this or. Yeah, I kind of always been like an entertainer in and outside the ring. Like when I would come home from being on the road, I'd always have like garage parties with the neighbors and we'd always, you know, 
Minnesota is obviously a big crock pot kind of thing and hot dishes. So I would just literally go in the fridge, grab this, grab that, blah, blah, and just make up food. And then I was actually on a cooking show with Joey Fatone from NSYNC. And that's how I actually got noticed from the, to get barbecue sauce. Cause that, that show was out everywhere. It was a big, big show. It was called my family recipe rocks. And, um, so then that someone, um, contacted me when I, they saw me on it and said, do you want to do a barbecue sauce? I said, sure. So they helped me put it all together and we sampled a bunch of stuff. And then of course there's whiskey in it. So <laughs> had to put a little ODB in there. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, I was thinking, you know, when you, you said that on the weekends that you were, uh, you know, doing the bartending and helped you uh, save some of that wrestling money and stuff. Well, heck yeah, working at a bar, you save on that drinking money too, right? You're right, and then, and then too, it's funny because I would bartend, and then I'd be wrestling on TV because we'd obviously pre-tabled some of our shows at TNA. So then they're like, people enjoyed that. They're like, well, we can go to the bar. She can be bartending, and then we can also watch her kick ass on TV. Like people love that because then older men would come in and they love talking old wrestling stories and they just, uh, and I, and I kind of grew like a good clientele that I actually became friends with and still are friends, you know, I think the bar business worked out for me. It helped kind of, it actually helped my business (laughs) promoting myself, I guess. You know, anytime you're have an opportunity to be around the people, you know, in the matches and at the bar or the the food truck i mean it's yeah. just it's a win-win right because there you are there there you know it's it's neat when you run into somebody like a wrestler or something or a celebrity yeah. out in your town you know it's it's special right and it's got to be yeah. like that for the people that that know you and run into you and mm-hmm. like hey i'm eating at your food truck right. and i want you on <laughs> wrestling yeah and that's pretty cool because people think that's pretty cool. They're like, wow, because you always hear about it too. Like big celebrities are just like cool people. Like I remember someone was telling me like uh, Jimmy Buffett was just at Margaritaville, like in Key West. And he literally just walks in, doesn't make a big show that he's there. And he grabs a mic and starts singing and people are like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like, it's just cool to people like that, where it's just like, they don't have to have a big show when they come in. They just, they just want to be cool. They just, you know, yes, they did good in their life, but, but they just want to be normal and kind of, you know, have fun. But, you know, there's some people that want to make a big, you know, every time they walk in, they need the fucking red carpet or something, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that was pointed out to me too. I kind of cut my entourage down to, to about six as opposed to 12. So I'm working on it. <laughs> What do you think the most challenging thing about the book was? Did did you have troubles like remembering stories and stuff like that? Or I did yeah, I did um just grab another water here. Um yeah, it was kinda because Kenny knew a lot and then he also had people that like would go back and know like especially like talking about matches and like what events happened, like backstage yeah. stuff when I was at TNA. And it is kind of funny to like go back and I'm like, oh my God, I don't even fucking remember that match or I remember most of the stuff, but sometimes like when we're talking about OVW and then I'm thinking, 
oh shit, yeah, we did some crazy stuff in OVW. And it's obviously in the book what I talk about. And yeah, it's just it was kind of cool reminiscing about stuff. And you're I'm like, damn, I did a lot of shit. Good shit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh Kenny has a a system of how he does it because he he's he shared with me, you know, that he has somebody that helps him with going back and looking at, at matches and stuff. And this is my philosophy when I do it. If it's on the internet, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to believe it. <laughs> that's right. Just, that's just how I go. And, uh, you know, so I'll, I kind of do mine a different way. I, I use the internet as a reference, not as a source. Right. There you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and, <laughs> It, it you know oh, okay i got it here okay well the internet doesn't have it but these three guys say it happened yeah. oh, okay <laughs> and also too like you know i i talk to uh, uh I, I i go and talk to the other guys that that work with you know so like on on lance when i interviewed lance i interviewed him and then i interviewed dusty wolf and jeff bearden and the young um, bloods and you yeah. know david manning and when in in and talk to them about the same stories that Lance did and got their perspective. And so if one guy said that the car was red and one guy said the car was right. green and one guy said the car was blue, we didn't write about the car, you know? <laughs> if the stories didn't match, I just took yeah. that one out. Oh, shit. <laughs> so was it fun, though, the process? Of the book? Yeah. Yeah, working on the book and and yeah. and kind of reliving some of these stories, so to speak, kind of going back and thinking about them. Yeah, it's kind of funny too, because then um, Kenny also like interviewed some of the you know woman wrestlers I traveled with, and it's funny how like I I I'm a type of person like I live my life, I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm not like this is my story. This is what really happened. A lot of them did not want to say certain stuff because they don't, you know, they think, well, what if I have a job there? What if I'm like, oh, my God, get over it. Like, like, yeah, I'm not looking to sign a deal with any wrestling company, but you never know down the road, whatever. But it's like, it's so funny how people just are afraid of stuff. And I'm like, and I want more women wrestlers actually to write books. You know, after this, like I'm the first TNA knockout to write a book, you know, and I would love for more women to write more books because the women that wrote books, they didn't really, they weren't really workers. You know, you got like, I don't know what Missy Hyatt or, um, you know, the other chicks, they write books, but they're all writing books on who they screwed in the wrestling business, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just want more of the workers to write, you know, like, the road stories, the the friendships you make, the you know, because I love wrestling. Like, and I like I'm getting married next year, and I have Gail Kim, Mickey James, Lisa Marie, and Tracy Brooks in my wedding, and it's just cool that you just have you just built an awesome built friendships in wrestling. Like even with the guys too, and it's um, I'm very thankful for uh, pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of some of. Uh some of the best people that I've met have mm -hmm. been in, you know, professional wrestling, you know, um, you, you mentioned when we were talking uh, before we started recording, you 
mentioned Sean Hernandez and man, mm -hmm. he is so nice to me. He always made me smile. Like he's always in a good mood. I got to travel with him, with him and homicide a few times. And they're just, they're just good guys. They're just, I laugh the whole time I'm with those guys. They're just like good human beings. They like to have a good time. They're not hurting anyone. They're not like, they're just, yeah, good, good guys. <laughs> yeah. I've known him, you know, I met him about, I guess, five or six years ago. And, uh, you know, he's helped me with some stories. I, I actually put his story in one of my books and oh. he's over there on that side. And, um, but he's mm -hmm. very, very nice. He just, he, he treats yeah. me like he's known me a lot longer than yeah. he's yeah. known me. Which is which is nice because you know, uh, hey, some people are a little reserved, right? When they meet people, yeah. and for a good good reason, just turn on the like news. Says, right? says, what you see is what you get with him. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's yeah. he's what you call good people, man. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if you know Mark Youngblood. Never met him. Nope. Okay, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The Youngbloods yeah. and. Man, that guy is, he's invited me out to his cabin and you got to come mm. fishing out here, man. Like, Bring awesome. your wife and me and my wife, we'll, we'll go fishing and I'll show you all these places. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, uh, it's just really cool, you know. So it's easy to make friends, I think, in, in, yeah. in the business. And as for me. I, that's what I, that's why I actually kind of missed when I wrote the book. I was like, Oh man, I had some good memories with people and I miss, I miss those good old days where, you know, we were on the road and I can't believe sometimes I survived being on the road. <laughs> and like, like, it's just, it is cool. Like just the people I got to travel with and being a car with and, you know, being at a bar with, and it's just like, God damn. Yeah. Those, yeah, it makes me, it makes me miss the road a lot, but I'm, I'm definitely, I, doing a lot of conventions like i got wrestlecade coming up in winsome salem um thanksgiving weekend and i'm excited that's a big uh that's a big card they got there so it's gonna be a gonna be like a big reunion there i can't wait to see all the guys and girls yeah absolutely and then yeah. when you were talking about the traveling you know going to these different cities and states that you never been to mm -hmm. you know experiencing that for the first time and wow, look at this, you know, it's, right. it's got to be fun, right? Because it has that kind of, um, that feeling of not knowing or kind of an exploitation kind of feel to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what would you like for people to remember about your, your career? What would you like people to remember about, you know, what you, you did in professional wrestling? I would like people to remember that I was a great entertainer. Um, that was fun to watch, good on the mic, and then just good, good in the ring, just as I was good backstage and like just being a good person. Like, that's my main thing. I just want people to say, yeah, fucking ODB is awesome. <laughs> she can, you know, she can out drink your ass. She can hang with you. She, you know. Uh, just, yeah. Cause that's what, yeah, that's what it's all about. Like, I'm not like, I never call myself all oh, the best woman wrestler to ever like 
I hate when people say that shit. I'm the best. I'm, yeah, I'm the goat. Well, shut the fuck up. No, you're not. <laughs> but it, it's, yeah, I just want people to know that, yeah, I was a good entertainer because I, I enjoyed it. Like, I literally, well, I got in trouble a lot at TNA for doing stuff, but it was fun going out there and taking risks on, you know, like my character. And it was just, and you could tell I had fun, I think, you know, out there and who I worked with, we had fun together. And I just want to, yeah, I want people to say like, yeah, I was a, I was a fun person. <laughs> and you are, cause I've seen you at a show. <laughs> I had the I like opportunity. I was taking pictures of you right there at ringside. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> ODB, what's the name of the book and where can the people get it? It is called Jesse Creesa is ODB One Dirty Bitch. And you can go to my website, odbsmeetsandgreet.com and order right off my site. You can get the book and you can also get it uh, personalized and signed on there and you can get my barbecue and hot sauces out there and they're actually on sale right now the sauces not the book um saying so, you can follow me on social media at the odb bam all over facebook instagram twitter i post a lot so yeah just keep uh go to odb's meet <laughs> and if you're at the food truck what is what is the one thing you need to order oh boy it's you know what the number one seller this year has been the cactus jack named after the one and only cactus jack it's um a nice smoked pulled pork sandwich with white queso cheese on it onion straws and jalapenos with the odb barbecue sauce yeah it's freaking badass <laughs> it sounds delicious oh yeah <laughs> well odb it's been my pleasure thank you very much yeah, thanks, Vinny. It was a good interview. It was a fun time. <laughs> it has been a very fun time. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bam, bitch. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. PWC Podcast. With Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 PWC,